Okay, hi folks. Welcome to our Jet Setra podcast. My name is Steve Lines. I'm a sports editor here at the Free Press, and I'm joined as usual by our sports columnist, Mike McIntyre. A very different week today, Mike. We're both here at the building on Mountain Avenue. You're not on your driveway, avoiding your dogs barking. <laughs> we're both sitting in my office here. Uh, we're also joined by our producer, Jen Zarati, and we have actually an audience. I won't bring that up. <laughs> She's just kind of glaring at us. <laughs> Somebody's watching us to see how we're doing, uh, learning from us. Oh my God, that's a scary thought. How are you doing? Doing great. It was, uh, I had to remind myself how to get to this building, first of all. Uh, and then the construction. Well, the construction, the construction my goodness. So, you know, when you don't go very, when you don't go very far during the pandemic, you kind of forget what traffic is like and now construction. So yeah, uh, I cut it almost kind of close to get here, but it's great to be back in the building by, by my account, Steve. I think the last time we did one of these face-to-face was in early March, a bit of a different world then, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, don't, I barely remember it. Yeah, yeah frankly, so, yeah. Uh, I, by my count, we were just trying to figure it out. I think we did 13 in a row of these over the phone. Uh, so that's a that's a long hiatus. This is number what twenty four. Twenty four episodes. So 24, we've done yeah. more of these apart than we have together. I'm, I'm I'm trying to feel whether I like this better or not. Yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not sold on it yet. Well, we'll I know see. you're not. I quite enjoyed sitting here in my office with my feet up, just by myself, chatting with you folks. Yeah. You probably had to put on pants today, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, you had to put on. Yeah, pants. that's like, true. Yeah, um, yeah. And you, I've been here at the office. Well, and you mentioned the driveway, of course. I've done them in the driveway. I've done them lately, actually, in the parking lot of a shopper's drug mart near my house because the <laughs> the bars on my phone were not so good. Poor Jen uh, putting up with all kinds of technical snafus. So it's nice to have uh, to be able to hold a microphone and kind of talk about the world of sports and kind of like our Is that world. What we're going to do? Well, I guess so. I mean, that's kind of the point, right? But kind of like our world, our work world, uh, the world of sports is starting to change as well, right? And um, some would it, say for the better. It, it is. It's funny. You know, a lot of things are still, you know, slowly getting going, but sports seems to be cre- starting to get going. We've had some local events here. We had a local golf event last weekend. Yes. And then um, there was, we've actually had some live sports to cover. Um, um, let's, let's have a little update. I, I have a little update we're constantly talking about this, the return to play plans and protocols of the different leagues. Um, I think since we last chatted or the day we last chatted, the NHL has moved to phase three of their plan um, with teams scheduled to start training camps on July 10th. Um, Looks like the Jets will do that in Winnipeg um, since provincial and federal quarantine rules have been relaxed. Provincial for sure. Federal Oh, is it not on done the yet? Verge of. On well, the verge of? The Prime Minister today made some comments that, I mean, I don't think they've come out with the exact details yet. They haven't, but they're on the cusp of. Right. So, so they will be relaxed. So players from Europe and America that want to come back to Winnipeg will get some sort of special exemption. Which they should not, yes, for the record. You've had a column wrote, on that. I wrote last Saturday, my last column. Oh, uh, come be- on, Mike. They're special. <laughs> they are. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they have some special talents, Ask for sure. Them. They are not. Uh, they are definitely not essential. They're not essential workers. They should not. Uh, as much as we love sports, and I love covering sports, of course, uh, it's not essential to our society. They should have to follow the same rules as every other returning or visiting person to Canada, but... Um, We're on the same page on that we one. We are, Mike, so. uh, but that's not what's going to happen, and it will allow 
training camps, as you say, to start. Uh, mark so, this so, down, Steve. So, we're going to hear about the hub cities in the next few days here. Yeah, okay. Uh, Vegas. I mean, I think everybody knows Vegas is going to be one of them. That's pretty much How's confirmed. the COVID situation there? It's it's pretty good, uh, relatively speaking. That mayor's crazy there, though. The mayor she? is crazy. <laughs> the, the mayor, uh, the mayor, uh, a couple months ago went on Anderson Cooper. Right. Anderson Remember Cooper that? was. Oh my I god! I think he spent the interview with his head in his hands most of the time uh, because she wanted to just open everything. Right. Yeah, and and she kind of and whoever said, died died. Right. right. We'll just use yeah, this. Yeah. We'll be like the 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 guinea pig or the canary <laughs> right. in the coal mine. Right. Um. <laughs> Fortunately, they didn't do that. Uh, they've been a little more, uh, a little more restrictive. But the big thing about Vegas, of course, is they have the mega hotels, right? They could put, they could put twelve teams in one resort hotel. These places have thousands of rooms, and they just seal off the whole hotel, and it's it's exclusive to that. The other hub city, though, and that's been much debated. There was, I think, everybody knows they'd like to include a Canadian city, and a lot of people thought it might be Edmonton. Uh, Edmonton never made a lot of sense to me, the idea of having two hub cities both in the West. I mean, just for the time zones alone, you're talking about a number of games per day and all these East Coast teams. I think you want an Eastern rep. And I think we're going to get it, Steve. Believe it or not, I think Toronto is going to be the second hub city, uh, the center of the hockey universe. Uh, we know the COVID situation isn't exactly It's under not just the center of the hockey universe, Mike. It's, it's the, the center, center of, of the universe. The universe, yeah. So, um, I mean, it, Toronto does make sense on several levels. Uh, it also doesn't make sense on other levels, uh, especially with the COVID numbers. But I don't know that the NHL cares really what the COVID numbers are in the community at large because they're just saying our players, we're not... Yeah, they're going to make a bubble of right. themselves. We're not yeah. throwing yeah. them out. Yeah. They're not yeah. walking, you know, down the street. They're not going to be shopping and stuff like that? Yeah. No. I mean, I guess they, things like that will probably be done for them. I mean, if, if they want to get groceries, they'd probably order them in. Um, so I think it's going to be Toronto and Vegas. Uh, we could get word any day now. Um, of course, that phase wouldn't start until the end of July or early August. Uh, and of course that the, they're actually playing that they're actually playing yeah, yeah, but we know yeah. the training camps of course will get going well presumably we're presuming that i mean it's still everything is still always has this caveat that provided that provided this you know provided that everything is okay to go ahead but um yeah hypothetically we'll have a training camp here in winnipeg something for us to go down to cover now other plans other leagues nba uh, had a plan for a 22 team playoff at espn's wild world disney. sports at yes. disney yeah uh, sounded like a good plan there's been some blowback from players lately um dwight howard and kyrie irving um and some other players are wondering about the, the integrity of the bubble there they're also wondering whether it's appropriate for the league which is predominantly uh, you know composed of black athletes and to, white owners right yeah to to be this distraction during the social upheaval in in america well in the world really and so there's that um that's happened in the last couple of days the commissioner Adam Silver says that's not going to be a problem, but of course he's going to say that. The NFL is still uh, planning to go ahead with its schedule. Teams will be reporting to training camp in late July. Uh, you know, they've they've kind of always just said that because right. their dates are still far enough out. We'll see whether that happens, of course. The big thing um, for them, they're going to play for sure. Uh, there's too much money at stake with their TV contracts. Yeah. Are they playing, though, in front of 60,000, 70,000 fans or are they playing in empty stadiums? I mean, yeah. that's 
to me, that's the big question with the NFL. They seem to be determined to play with fans. Um, I'll kind of believe it when I see it. And I don't know if you saw, Steve, yesterday, a bunch of NFL players tested positive for yeah, COVID. Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, uh, and, and they're all Texas-based players, by the way. I think members of the Cowboys and the Texans. Texas is one of the states. I think now I saw... Wasn't th- Elliott one of the guys that was at the party, at Des Prescott's party yes. early on in the yeah. pandemic? Yeah, he was. And they were, had way too many people at the party. They and did. Said, oh, yeah. Well, apparently maybe... Came back to... I mean, that's not where he got it, obviously, if he's just testing positive now. But uh, there's something like every day, it seems, the number is growing, the number of U.S. states that COVID is is on the rise, not the decline. So, um, But you're right. Most sports with the exception of MLB, uh, seem to have things figured out. All right, folks, we're back for the second period of our Jet Cetera podcast. We talked a lot about uh, um, certain leagues and their plans to return to play, uh, Mike, in the first period. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about that here. Uh, one league that is struggling with the idea of returning to play is the Canadian Football League. And that certainly affects us here with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Um, what's been very shocking lately, and uh, has been, you know, the reports uh, about the CFL how they have not at all uh, enlisted uh, their players right. in the process of of this return to play protocols and return to play plans. And to me, this is just uh, indefensible. Uh, by the by, the league's commissioner Randy Ambrosi, and and I just I don't understand it. Like in my personal experience over the years of covering sports, frankly, football players are some of the most prof- most uh, uh, intelligent and educated Absolutely. athletes there are, and they're very articulate, they're very smart, and they have a lot to offer, you know. And and it's so arrogant of of this league office that they're not using these people. And, 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 and not only that, but it's the players that are going to be putting themselves out there. How can you not at least ask them, you know, how they feel about this and how you feel about that? You know, like the NHL was, you know, right on the mark when they went to try to make a plan and they, you know, formed put together a committee, formed a players Mark committee. Shifley and exactly, all those and guys. All of that. Like, NBA has done the same. The They've same got thing. all kinds yeah. of players. Yeah, let's leave baseball completely aside. But at least they talked to the players about how they were going to play. For sure. Do you know what I mean? They, they can't figure out how much they're going to pay them to play. But at least all these leagues have asked the players yeah. what they think, not the Canadian Football League. And and not only are they not asking them, it almost seems Jeff Hamilton wrote about it again. Uh, it, it seems like the players are really in the dark here. Like yeah. they're, they're the last to know they're reading what's about happening. It, about it in the newspaper. I know. Like, and this is their good, livelihood. I, you know, but. yeah. The, I mean, the other thing about football players, and I agree with you 100 percent that they are, um, for, uh, you know, to to sum them up, very smart individuals. Oh. I saw that just covering the bomber totally. run to the Great Cup last year. I was. I was so impressed with some of the conversations I was able to have with these guys. You just think they're these big Goliath grunts on the field. For sure. But they're actually, there's some depth to a lot of them. Absolutely. The other thing is... Most of them go, most of them, and I'm not saying they go to the classes, but most of them (laughs) go to university. Right. A lot of them have degrees. Um, They're, you know, so they've been exposed to some education and they, they, you know, so they always are, always, always, always articulate and, and generally well-spoken and they they, they, they they don't just fly off the handle with ideas and stuff like that. Sure. 
like some athletes. I mean, they're they're not only book smart; they're also street smart. Yeah. They're world smart. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. and the other thing about football players that we have to keep in mind here, when you're talking about the big sports, they have the shortest careers, really. Uh, of I mean, baseball players, hockey players, basketball. Those guys, you can have a a 10, 12, 14 year career. If you're one of the football, well, most of them do, yeah. you're one bad hit away. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so their, their careers are short. Their seasons are short. So these guys have a lot on the line and, and a missed season could be, you know, crippling for a lot of these guys and to not even involve them in the process. You're right. is just a, an absolute um, failure of leadership to me. And Randy Ambrosi, I mean, I know he's done a few interviews here and there, but he, he almost seems at times to be like invisible. Um, yeah, I, I don't I, get it either because when he was a player, okay, right. and he was he's an, he was an, one of these intelligent, educated players that we're, we're talking about, and, and he was part of the players' union during his time. And yet now that he works for the owners, I, I don't know, maybe he's just being a – like what do you call it a, a a spokesperson for the for the yeah. owners? But I don't know. Like it just seems like he's he's operating in an island. You know, I go back to the night of the uh, CFL draft, which I don't know six weeks, eight weeks ago, whenever that was. Uh, Seven years in global pandemic time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, I remember watching the CFL draft. I wrote a column on it at the time, and I had just done the same a week earlier for the NFL draft. What a difference. Not, obviously, there's a many differences in the NFL and the CFL. Uh, Roger Goodell was all over the NFL draft. Like, he was the quarterback of the broadcast. He was the guy. He had a lot of fun with it. He was in his basement. Randy Ambrosi made, like, a one-minute cameo off the top to read, like, some canned comments and then was never seen again. And I just remember thinking, this guy is – he's supposed to be the face of your league and this is a time when people are looking to sports leagues for some leadership and some hope, some inspiration. And he just sort of in and out and then he's gone. I thought, to me, that didn't speak all that well of, of him or the league when, when he just makes a quick cameo no, he's, like he's, that. He's not uh, um, represented himself very well during all of this. So, when, so switching, I'm going to totally switch gears to a better story, a more... Um, uplifting story is that the, the Winnipeg Gold Eyes a league that uh, has got its act yeah, together you yeah you know like and 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 for all you want to say about how their minor league baseball um they have got their act together here they are going to have a season they're going to play in three hub cities and the Winnipeg Gold Eyes are going to be one of the teams that play they're going to be a road team they're going to play their entire 60 game season in enemy territory or whatever yeah. and and uh, Taylor Allen, uh, our, our reporter, did a nice job today in our paper talking to Sam, uh, the owner Sam Cates, and and general manager Andrew Collier about why they're doing this, and 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 I like the motives behind it. It's not they're not going to make a lot of money on no. this, and they may lose a little money, but they want to, you know, the continuity was important, and they want to, you know, just give people some baseball to watch and. They're going to find a way for Gold Ice fans to listen to it online or maybe stream it. Um, uh, it seems like they're doing it for the fans. They're certainly not doing it for the money. Unlike those other baseball yeah. people we're not going to talk about much today. There yet. actually may be a chance. Uh, fans who want to watch the Gold Eyes in person, never say never. They might yeah. be able to this year yeah. because now they did just earlier today announce the border officially is closed until July 21st. They've yeah. extended it a month. 
uh, you of course, can go and watch them and come back, but then you just got to self-isolate for 14 days. But I don't believe you could uh, with the closure be- because you can only do it. F- that would be only for work purposes. Can you go across the border? You right? know, there, I've read so many different stories about people crossing the border. Or to visit immediate family, I believe. And, and it's really, it, it's almost, it's so uh, unpredictable as to whether you're going to get across sure. depending on each border guard and how he reacts or she reacts or whatever. So... I mean, hypothetically, you could drive to the States. You could try, yeah. yeah. But let's say, I mean, we don't know what will happen after July 21st. Let's Maybe they do open the borders yeah, at that point. Yeah, let's hope not. Um, this season, yeah, <laughs> I, I agreed. Uh, so I think they're going to start around July 5th and run through about September 10th in the right. American Association. Yeah. yeah, it is a unique setup. Um, and it seems like they've done a pretty good job of limiting or keeping the expenses down with the three hub cities, two teams in each, really limiting the travel between the hub cities. I think the gold eyes are going to play and everybody will play 42 of their 60 games in their hub. So you're only playing 18 games outside your little bubble. I expect they're going to do things like billet the players like they would if they were in Winnipeg. So you're not putting them up in a hotel for two months. And yeah, it'll be nice for us, of course, to be able to have some, I mean, not in person necessarily, but to have some sports to cover. Well, we may find a way to try to go down there. I'm sorry, it won't be you, Mike. <laughs> I, I chatted with our our boss, my boss, yes. our boss, about it this morning. And we have, we're open to the idea that we may try to go down there and cover some of this and see how it's all working. But um, we can't risk having you uh, being self-isolated for 14 days. Well, we're also hoping we have some NHL playoffs to cover as right. well around that same time. <laughs> All right, folks, we're back for the third period of our Jet Cetera podcast. We uh, chatted just a little bit about maybe some NHL hockey there, Mike. Um, my understanding is that you filled out your Professional Hockey Writers Association yes. awards ballot today. Is this voting for all the major trophies? Yes, is so that what's there going are. On? There's really seven major trophies in the NHL, and, and that are voted right, on by you guys. Uh, Five. We get five. to do five of the seven. Okay. So we do the Hart, which is most valuable player. We do okay. the uh, Norris, best defenseman. We do the Calder, rookie of the year. Okay. We do the Selkie, best defensive forward. And we do the Lady Bing. Okay, tell me who you voted for. You know what? So No, just tell me who you voted for. <laughs> so I won't reveal my whole ballot because oh. I don't think... Here's the thing. I don't think they want us to. Oh. There's only like 100 of us who can vote. And I think they they told us keep your ballot secret until the awards are announced because if, if let's say all a hundred writers right. revealed their ballot right now, okay. well you know who won, right? And they haven't even announced the finalists yet, let alone. Oh, I see. So okay. they actually said, don't go on Twitter. I mean, we will. Our ballots are transparent. They will be public. But they said, uh, and I don't want to get every. I don't want to get Frank Saravalli, who's the president of the PHWA, and Mark Spector, who's the vice president. I don't want to get them too mad at me. I will say. I'll say this. I, I, um, well, who do you really not? What about me? What if I get mad well, at you? Well, you could. Never mind them. <laughs> but, but, and then I guess I'd lose my voting privileges, right? But uh, I did vote Nathan McKinnon, actually. I, I agonized over the Hart Trophy. There's okay. a number of candidates. Well, how come you can say that one, but not the other one? I don't ones? know. Maybe I can't say it. <laughs> Um, but I won't say the rest of my ballot. Are you listening, Frank and Mark? Exactly. Uh, send all no, inquiries not. to, you know, they're probably not. Um, now, uh, the Vesna, which uh, when we talk about the Jets, Connor Hellebuck, to me, is the runaway favorite for the Vesna. But I don't get to vote on that. Oh. That is the NHL general managers. Oh, okay. And then the one other award that we don't vote on is the coach of the year. That is the NHL broadcasters. So the writers get Who do you think is the coach of the year then? Well, uh, 
to me, it's down. I, I have a few candidates. I would probably at this point, Alain Vigneault of the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah. You look at the fly; they were first place in their division. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Vigneault, to me, uh, did a masterful job. Um, I also like Craig Berube. I know it's probably like, yeah, they won the cup last year, but we know the whole cup hangover and they lost Vladimir Tarasenko right out of training camp. And the Blues are still pretty much the best team in the NHL as the defending champs. Like that's not easy to navigate. You've seen many teams over the years, they wilt under that pressure. And then Bruce Cassidy of the Boston Bruins. The Bruins were kind of the runaway best team at the time of the pause. Those would probably be my three favorites in some. Uh, as for the Vesna, I think this is a year, since the Jets returned in 2011, we've never had a Jet win an individual award. Uh, to me, this is the year that changes. I think Connor Hellebuck wins the Vesna in a rout. Uh, probably his closest competition would be Tuka Rask of the Bruins. What about the guy in Tampa? And Rask? Andre Vasilevsky, Vasilevsky, for sure. Thank you for saying that. Um, the thing with Rask is uh, he only has played like 42 games. They were almost doing a straight split between, um, uh, trying to remember who the backup in Boston is. It's escaping me right now. Uh, Halak. Um, oh, yeah. Yaroslav Halak. Halak. Yeah, yeah. So like Halak and Rask were almost alternating. Whereas Connor Hellebuck, he played more minutes, more shots, more everything than any goalie in the league. Vasilevsky has the wins. Um, Hellebuck's numbers, though, save percentage, uh, they're better. And when you look at what's playing in front of Hellebuck versus Vasilevsky, like it's night and day. The Jets had an AHL-level defense on many nights this year. I think Hellebuck uh, probably, he'll for sure be a finalist. I think he probably wins. Um, but yeah, it was kind of cool. There's, I think there's 350-ish of us in the PHWA. They only selected this year, though, like just over 100 of us to actually vote. I'm not sure why they pinched the number down. Um, so as I said, that's part of why they don't want you revealing your ballot just yet. Because yeah, they don't want to let the cat out of the bag. So uh, typically in the third period, we don't talk hockey, but uh, we didn't talk a lot of hockey in the early part. Um so uh, this is the, normally the cetera part yeah. of our podcast where we talk about some other things going on. And, and I know that um, you and I have chatted a couple of times over the last couple of weeks. Uh, one of the things that's happened in Winnipeg is that in the, in the new phase where things are opening is that uh, um, they're opening gyms. Yes. And so I've been asking you, I know that you've gone back to the, to the gym. What gym to go to? Planet, Planet Fitness? Planet Fitness now, yeah. So tell me what that's... Uh, I'm, I'm, I've, and I've, you have not I've, gone back to no, your I gym. Gotta, no, I go to two different gyms. A, I go to Richard Burr Fitness. Right. And B, I go to Good Life. And um, I got an email from Good Life yesterday where I could now book workouts. You have to book a slot of time and then you go and there's a process, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I may try it just to see what it's like. I'm just kind of curious. Plus, I've half paid for a month anyways. Right. And so... Um, I'm not worried about really getting anything, uh, you know, like germs or whatever, but gyms are, people are slobs in gyms, but anyways, we'll see how that goes. They are now. How has Planet Fitness been? Yeah. So I've been, I think now six or seven times in the last two weeks since it opened. Um, I must book a time. No, you do not. Uh, now I I know some gyms, as you point out, are doing that. Mm -hmm. You don't. I've never, they do have a maximum number they're allowed, which is 50% of capacity. The Planet Fitness I go to is enormous. It's in the old Future Shop uh, across from Garden City Shopping Center. I believe the number, like when they can hold like over 300. So right now they could take like 150 people-ish. 
with their 50%. I bet you I've been there, like I said, six or seven times. I don't know if there's ever been more than maybe 40 people, 50. 150 still seems like a lot to it's, me. It is a huge facility. Everybody's spitting. I have this. I've been working out at home. Yeah. Um, during the pandemic, and I've, I've I've really enjoyed it. I've done a lot of different things, uh, a little less strength training, a little bit more metabolic stuff, and which has been really really good. I've really enjoyed it. And but in my basement, I have these, I have this closet, and I have these two mirrors. Uh, it's like a mirrored closet or whatever, right? And so um, the spit on. <laughs> <laughs> On these mirrors, right. like frankly, I got to clean it every few days or whatever. I really need to clean it again. I saw it this morning, but there's a lot of spit flying when you're yeah. working out. Like, you know, you're doing jumping jacks or whatever you're doing. You're spitting outwards, right? And and so I'm I'm just not exactly sure how that's going to work in the gym. So a couple of things I've noticed: uh, they actually take your temperature when you show up. Oh yeah. Um, and I guess if you were over a whatever degree, they would turn you away. Uh, that hasn't happened. Uh, they they have someone there to make sure you sanitize your hands before you step foot in the facility. Um, you scan your membership in uh, off your phone. So uh, the dressing room is open, the locker room, um, but it's spacious. And they are telling you they they would prefer you don't shower there, that you do it at home. You are allowed to shower, and there are individual stalls there, and they say they're sanitizing them. I don't understand. See, this is very different. I don't understand why these all these gyms are not on the same page. It is strange, yeah. and I, my understanding is when they were going to reopen, each facility had to submit like a plan, I guess, to the, and yeah. then then it got uh, agreed upon. They have every second machine is blocked off. So, uh, and even then, I I've noticed people will not take the machine even too away from you. Like right. people seem to be consciously <laughs> picking as far away from other people, which is right. good. Right. Um, there's arrows on the floor and all that. So uh, to me, people are actually following. They them? are. Oh unlike, my say, God. Walmart, then, and that's my point. <laughs> I feel, wow. I feel way safer going to the gym really? than I do going to Sobeys or Walmart. Well, right you now. know, people in the gym, uh, typically uh, it's my experience, have pretty good protocol in, in, in I see everybody yeah. wiping the machine yeah. down and then they yeah. have an employee come in and give it a secondary clean before any and then a lot of people will wipe the machine down even before they use it are they closing and then doing deep cleaning and during the day or anything like that i, I don't believe so no life. but so i mean i always wipe down a machine before i use it but it's probably been wiped down twice already by the person who last used it and then by staff oh yeah so i mean you're getting and again i probably haven't been within 20 feet of any other person at any time I've been there. So even if, as you say, the droplets are in the sweat is flying, I do feel relatively safe that I'm, I'm, I'm keeping my distance. All the staff are wearing masks. Obviously people working out aren't wearing masks. That would probably be a little difficult to breathe if you were doing that. But uh, yeah, it's nice to get a bit of a sense of normal back into the routine. Hi, folks. We're back for the overtime period of our Jet Setra podcast. I'm sports editor Steve Lines, and I'm here in my office with sports columnist Mike McIntyre. Mike, you asked me before we got started how my weekend was. I went away for the weekend. I went to the White Shell. I'd been to the White Shell in a while. Um, my first memories, really, of traveling in life is it was going to the White Shell, and and um, I went to uh, Brereton Lake, Inverness Falls Resort. And man, you know what? The White Shell is a beautiful place. It we, is. You know, we really have a. Um, I got to go Rainbow Falls and went to Pine Point Rapids and went to the Petroforms uh, 
um, which is near uh, the Pine Point Rapids as well, and found some really nice bike trails and some hiking trails. And Remind me, was the weather good this past weekend? Yeah, the days all blur together, no, so I decent. forgot. There was no rain, and, yeah. and it's windy, Like uh, it's, but it's a, been the, the craziest windy spring in 30 years, I hear. I, just, I was going to say, yeah. I follow a guy. I'm a bit of a weather buff. I wanted to be a meteorologist at one point in my life. And I saw a guy tweeted yesterday. This He said they've actually done this analysis that this is the windiest like 30-day stretch yeah. we've had in, in 30 years. In 30 years. Yeah. yeah. The, the, again, the boss, Samin, was telling me about that uh, earlier today. So, um, yeah, you know, as I mentioned, Travel Manitoba has a campaign going this, this summer. Home is where the heart is, and they're trying to encourage... Uh, us to fall in love with our home province again since it's really hard to go anywhere else and um it was you know super it was very relaxing and enjoyable just beautiful you know uh, walking through or biking through uh those forests so is just i've never been so I'm, you're nice. gonna write a column you're gonna write a piece I'm on it a travel story for the travel section so yeah. the resort itself you stayed at a resort right yeah so was that like can they have full occupancy or they have to do 50 well it's interesting or? you know one of the interesting things they have on their on their on their website is that it's already self distancing because it's individual cabins right. and chalets. So yeah, so it's super easy to self distance and they they have an office where you're allowed to go in and get movies and stuff like that, but you they weren't allowing you to use the board games. Like normally you could go in and get a board game and play a board game yeah. if you wanted to. You can't do that. And there were some limitations to how many people were allowed in the office. But you know, there was pedal boats and canoes and stuff like that that you could use and then they would clean them down afterwards and stuff like that. And so it's not, you don't really feel like you're, you almost feel like you're away from the pandemic a bit as right. well. So, yeah. and then when you're going through trails and you're out in the forest and out in the wilderness, man, yeah, what pandemic? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's <laughs> so, nice. yeah. Uh, I'm always curious when people do these sorts of trips, what, what, what if any wildlife they saw? Did you see anything unusual? <laughs> bears. Did you, did you see bears? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> you always need to be alert for bears. You do. So, yeah, you need to be bear alert. Did not see any bears. Deer, I would imagine. Uh, yeah, a few deer. Um, a lot of dragonflies. Uh, well, that's oh my good. god, they're out like that crazy. That means not so many mosquitoes, I guess. Yeah, there's still a few mosquitoes. You know, at one point I was sitting out on this on this deck overlooking this little river, and I was thinking to myself, you know, like why well, this is this is really good. I could, you know, rent a ca cabin like this for a week and kind of just sit here and relax. And this is way better than kind of like you know, going to Cancun or whatever, right. right? Do you know what I mean? In the wintertime, like this is much more relaxing. And then, damn it, you know. <laughs> and you re they don't have those in Cancun. Like this, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, they don't have that in Cancun. No. And they don't have those in, in, in on the West Coast either, which, you know, so. Right. Um, yeah, and other than the mosquitoes, there's mosquitoes, right? You know, man, we, it's a beautiful place. So. Now, is there, uh, there's obviously access to beaches up there as well. Yeah, the water's super cold. I was going to say, you, yeah. did you dip your toes in at least? I, I went out to the, there's a, there's a place called Rainbow Falls where, um, have you ever been to Rainbow Falls? I have. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you can walk across this part on Rainbow Falls and, uh, and, uh, dip your, yeah. So I did that or whatever. Funny story. Got a phone story for you. Yeah. I was sitting on a ledge watching the falls or whatever, and all the people jumping in or whatever. And I put my phone down beside uh -oh. me. Right. Do you know what I mean? And not paying attention or whatever. Right. And so then I was, went to grab my phone and, oh my God, where's my phone? It had slid down the rock into the water. <gasps> But it was on this ledge. And so the phone was in this ledge. It, my, I see my phone there. So I had to scooch down and get the phone out of the water. 
Not, and I'm Mr. looking Fultz. at your phone. You don't have one of those big cases on otter either, box. do you? I got one of these OtterBox that's, that's waterproof. It was, it was, there was not a, no water in it at you all. You didn't have to throw it in rice. No, I didn't. No. <laughs> Which, uh, it's funny how we get spoiled. My aunt and uncle have a pool. We've been swimming there lots. And my cousin jumped in the other day and jumps in. Oh my God, it's free. And he's been out to a few, uh, a few beaches already this year. And he says he swam. He was out at Bird's Hill like a week ago. Says he's actually swam. Yeah, that would be a little warmer. Yeah. Same with Lake Winnipeg would be a warmer. But he jumps into my aunt and uncle's pool and he says, it's freezing. Oh, <laughs> It's 82 degrees. <laughs> I said, this is freezing? You've been in like Bird's Hill. Right. There's no way that's even close to 82 degrees. But I guess when you're in a pool, you expect maybe a little more warmth than say something more natural but yeah sounds like a great weekend i look forward to reading your yeah your sure piece so about i highly encourage people to get out and visit manitoba this summer so anyways mike we'll be back next week who knows what will be uh, our subject matter next week it's always unfolding in the world of sports right now it normally is it's been very different this year but um, um we'll we'll see you next tuesday face to face yeah it sounds like we're going to do these on, on the regular tuesday folks so mark it on your calendars uh, we look forward to the next one. Take care. Take care.